Welcome to the Career.PM podcast. I'm Greg Prickrell, your host, one of the co-founders at Career.PM. And today we are going to have a fascinating discussion with a product leader about managing API products and more importantly, about managing an ecosystem. This is a really critical topic for a lot of folks in the B2B space. So let's get right to it. So today I'm very excited to be talking to Ali Kilpalainen. He is the director uh, and head of ecosystem at Kune, which I'll let him explain what they do uh, and what he does. But today, continuing on this theme of product management in the B2B space, we're going to talk about managing an ecosystem. We will talk about APIs. And uh, we will also talk maybe a little bit about uh, Ollie's transition from being an individual contributor, product manager, to now being a product leader. We've known each other for a few years now, and his career has grown very quickly. So, Ollie, uh, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you. And can you give us your best kind of two-minute introduction about your path as a PM and a product leader? Sure, Craig. And thanks for having me. It's great to be here. But yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting path towards product management always. So happy to share, in a way, my background. And uh, my start is tec technical. So basically, I did start as a software developer. This is now what? 16 years ago so i am i'm familiar with how to build software and moving on from there started taking a bit of you know project leadership roles and trying to understand a bit what other programmers are doing and uh, why i'm doing this and that and extended then uh, then a bit more to the platform level start looking into agile agile things and like that and then i moved to innovating a bit more so started doing innovation uh, programs, figuring out how does all this IoT and uh, connected devices link together, move from consumer devices to software as a service products. I also worked and defined uh, very different products from where I started, like uh, video platforms, virtual reality, when I also met you, and uh, then, then extending all the way to software licensing and B2B and partnerships and running basically completely new, new software products and trying to figure out what kind of new business models can be used and things like that. So uh, quite a nice transition, I would say, from te technical side slowly to project and then extending the business side. I think that's exactly what, uh, in a way, product management, why I was drawn into this field to begin with to be able to combine the technical and business side. I think that's what still today is basically really driving me forward and really gives me that uh, start of the day and gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, it is an amazing trajectory that has more buzzwords than probably and real like, you know, exciters, things that are happening in yeah. technology than most people, which is super cool. So I can- I, I love to throw those words there, yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, easily three or four podcasts on, you know, the topics that you mentioned. But today, I think it's interesting that you essentially have a product leadership role centered around product manager management, and you have ecosystem in your title, which is, I think, rare. That doesn't happen every day. So for people who maybe haven't been involved in, you know, products that required or develop ecosystems, 
what is your definition? How do you think, what is your mental model of an ecosystem? Why is it there? Yeah, I'll stop it trying to define that, but then I should maybe take a step back afterwards and explain what kind of company we are. But let's start with the definition. Because to me, again, a product manager is really about making a value proposition and how do you create value, how you deliver value. So ecosystem, and that of course comes from uh, biology, as you can imagine, but it, it's really about different companies when we're talking about business, different companies playing a small part in the bigger ecosystem. And it's really about that the value is no longer created by one company, but one company is only creating part of the value while then other companies in the ecosystem are adding their piece on top and the final solution and the final value is then delivered only in unison when all of these companies are working together. And that's in a way my not, not so, uh, shall I say, academic definition, but it's really about combining the different value creation elements together. And that's what makes it in a way, I would say, cool to go beyond just what your one company is building and really trying to understand how you work in unison with the suppliers, with the partners, with the customers, all of them doing their piece in the value creation. Sure. So as product managers, we should be thinking about creating value uh, for our customers, for the market. And I can think of an ecosystem as just a way to bring more people to the party to create more value. Uh, for yeah, the market, for our prospects, for our customers. I think that is the way to think about it. I think that's far superior from a product management perspective to any academic definition. So we have these people and that's beautiful that are helping us create value for our customers. That's a good thing. What is it about your product that makes ecosystems important or an ecosystem important? And is there a type of product for which ecosystems are, yeah, are going to tend to be more relevant? Absolutely. So I have to tell you a tiny bit about the field where I work in order to answer that. So basically, as you mentioned, I work for Kone. So you know our branch for making elevators and escalators. Highly manufactured devices, very big and, shall I say, rather traditional. And, and my company has been building them for over 100 years as well. So in a way, of course, there's innovation in those products all the time. Uh, but of course, they're still in a way, to some degree, similar as they have been. They mm -hmm. move people up and down. But where we are transforming, and this is, of course, happening in many industrial and manufacturing industries, is that we have been moving towards services for a long time already. So instead of simply selling an equipment, uh, we, of course, have to make sure that it's up and running. So we are providing uh, services, we are maintaining, we are inspecting, we come and re replace parts and so forth. Now we have already extended that to digitalization. So we can predict, for example, we do predictive maintenance and things like that. So servitization has already started to happen. Even digitalization is maybe not old news yet in my company, but it's already there. So we have had that for a while. So what's the next step then so now we have this big machines we have elevators and we have uh, services run around them even digital services so then it comes to the ecosystem now we are no longer we don't want our company to be called an elevator company we actually want to be known as people flow company and what that means is that at the end of the day the value we are creating is not that the elevator goes up and down it is the value that the people can get from a to b in a building and also between buildings. 
So in a way, what we want to do is we extend our services from beyond those core products we have. And my products in specifically are actually now API services. So I'm enabling others to take, uh, take advantage of the data that I can gather from those people who are moving in the buildings. I can give information about how those maintenance activities are operated. And I can also enable uh, other systems to configure and decide how those elevators and escalators are used. So in a way now I'm extending what we are doing, our services to, to the wider smart building domain. Yeah, if this doesn't make any sense, a quick example. No, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. I am seeing this trend in the last maybe five years of companies rethinking themselves, moving, moving away from really like a specific kind of product orientation to thinking more about the problem that they solve. That's how I interpret what you are talking about. Nobody wants to get on an elevator. They want to get to another floor, right? So yeah. Uh, I think that's critical in thinking for product managers that we understand the problems we're solving and why not frame the value that we're providing instead of putting it behind some product, think broadly and think about, hey, these are the types of uh, problems that we solve. Uh, so you've got uh, products that help people flow uh, between places. Now you're opening up an API so that partners can come in and innovate and add value maybe in ways that you know you haven't thought of or maybe that aren't interesting business opportunities for you they can uh kind of round out what's there uh but i'm curious about this idea of managing an api product uh my recollection rec recollection is when we met you were doing kind of uh, augmented reality, doing virtual reality, that kind of thing. I think it was more consumer. It was very clear there was hardware. I'm curious about your experience of managing a part of the product or a product that's more API oriented as opposed to the traditional conventional way we think of product. Yeah, it uh, does pose a different kind of, shall I say, problematic and challenge field. So in a way when you create your own product your own service you own the whole thing you own from the beginning to the end the delivery of the value but now let's take an example of a partner who's running a robot that needs to move in the building so i work with companies that do room service by robots for example and those robots need to use the elevator mm. so as a product manager i in a way only can control part of the value chain so I, I can figure out how the linkage to the elevators is done. How is that related to the other people moving in the building? How I can optimize that? But then there's the other company, in this case, the robot company, who is then fulfilling the whole service. And they are then, of course, creating the parts that are even more visible to the end user. That's another big difference is that it, the user experience, at least the most visible part, is no longer done by my product, by my service. So how do I help? Uh, to create, I still believe that the best user experience is super important. So in a way, how do I manage my part of the value creation, my product, so that those other companies can go and create the best possible user experience and take into account the things that I can influence and help them with. So I think that's a, that's very interesting. And yeah, also so at the other end is in a way, if something goes wrong, yeah. uh, how do we handle that? That's something product manager also needs to figure out. So that who keeps the service running? 
Yeah, so I think that's interesting that you're not completely divorced from the end user experience. You still have to support it. And in a way, it's even richer because there are more use cases that you have to be aware of uh, and fulfill. So I think that's, uh, yeah, fascinating and not necessarily, yeah, intuitively the way I would have thought of it. Uh, I am curious about this intersection of product managers and ecosystems. I have worked in really big software companies. Our products required ecosystems, but managing those ecosystems was usually done by somebody else. We had, and in a lot of companies, these people have like partner or even ecosystem in their title. And their job is to really manage these relationships, maybe manage community, handle things like contracts and all that. I'm curious in your case, how much of your time is spent in more traditional PM activities, like understanding use cases, figuring out how this needs to be built, and how much of your time is spent actively nurturing the ecosystem you rely on? We'll get back to our conversation with Ali in just a moment. At career.pm, we help product managers, aspiring product managers, and product leaders build personalized plans to accelerate their careers. We can also help product management organizations assess their maturity and radically improve their impact on the business. To find out more about how we can help your product management organization, visit us at career.pm. Yeah, that's an interesting question as well. And, and to be honest, this is also new for our company. So those role splits are evolving, of course. But uh, to simplify it in a way, my role is more about the strategic way. So where do we want to extend? So we're obviously extending beyond our core business. So I'm trying to figure out what makes sense for our company to do. And then what are the API products we need for that? And then it's about the more so let's say classical product management. But we do have separately, for example, an organization that handles the partnership. So the community creation, for example, I have a colleague who's running that side. So doing the day-to-day -day operations with those partners. And a big part of my role is also figuring out with our sales, how they can tell the story about ecosystems, about our APIs and partners. So I work a lot with the sales as well. And Development who got that was that they close to in a way product management role, figuring out where to go next, how to improve sales and so forth. And then of course RD side, because these are still technical, technical products we are developing. So of course I have to work with RD to figure out how we build a roadmap and address those customer demands. So there are a lot of different roles around it, as you said. And uh, it, it's so really about how you decide as a company to split it. There's kind of an ecosystem that supports the ecosystem. Yeah, there, internal you? ecosystem, absolutely. Uh, working together. And if we think about this ecosystem management aspect of your work, how does that impact your personal metrics? Or how, maybe I should just say, how do you measure success? How do you know that you're successfully fostering or nurturing the ecosystem? How do you measure it? That's also a topic of a lot of debate, to be honest. So in our case, this is a business ecosystem, so I'm still mainly measured by the financial success. So regular things like revenues. In our case, it's also about service retention and conversions and things like that. But we also, of course, want to see how that I have a software developer community now, of course, because my APS I, at the end of the day used by software developers. So I'm also, in a way, as a product manager as well, I'm working on those metrics, how we figure out if our developer users are happy. 
-hmm. So we have tools for them where they can run their innovations, they can test things, play with virtual elevators and things like that. So I try to also measure how well they are taking those. So are they happy with the things we provide and do they come back to use our tools or do they discard them? So I'm also trying to have more and more of these non-financial metrics because that makes a lot of sense. And at the end of the day, it's the innovation and the new solutions we can create together that will have a longer term impact, in my opinion, than just the short term financials. Good. So it sounds like it's something that's kind of evolving and I can see aspects of measuring the size, health, engagement of the community and then traditional metrics. I would assume you look at the ecosystem as kind of a multiplier. So if we look at the incremental revenue that's being driven by these other solutions, if they're helping us close deals, uh, that yeah, there are ways uh, to measure that, but maybe not as straightforward as just selling a product to a bunch of customers and figuring out how much money and how much margin we have. No, no, and especially this kind of indirect value is so important. Like I mentioned that, of course, we still have a very big core business, which is selling those elevators and selling the service for them. So how much can this ecosystem activity support those core businesses? That's of course, super important. Yeah, and then of course good. we can have things like measuring how much, how much my APIs I use and usage rates and things like that. So all of that adds up. Sure. Uh, great insight into an area that is never on some product managers radar. They don't have to deal with an ecosystem. But if we look to the B2B world, that is, uh, I think, a critical part of a lot of products. Uh, we used to call them framework products, like an API, I think, would be an example. You kind of install it. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. You have to like write, configure it, and tell it to do something. And at that point, if you want a multiplier for the value you're delivering to the market, an ecosystem is one thing to explore. You will not be able to innovate everywhere in every domain and enabling partners to do that I think can be an important part of a growth strategy. Uh, I would like to change gears for just a moment. Uh, great insight, but I'm also curious about you personally. One of the themes we talk about, we have a series uh, about people breaking into product management and breaking into product leadership. And now you have a more formal leadership position, you have direct reports. And if you go back and think about when you were an individual contributor, what are some of the key challenges or some of the key insights that, that this transition has brought you? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, and like I mentioned, I, I had a technical role in the past and then a product manager. And to be honest, what I always found challenging was micromanagement. So I, I'm very strong believer in empowering people to do their work. And that, that, that's, some, of course, something I was already driving towards when I was an individual contributor as well. But what I'm trying to do as a leader, and of course, this is always a learning path for everyone, but uh, I try to build with the team I'm working on, with the individuals around me, a vision towards which we, which we together try to drive. I believe one of the most important things for a leader is actually to define a vision in a way of common vision, preferably together, of course, with your stakeholders around you, your team. So then the team understands the long-term vision they're driving for, and they can then make the decisions for their own work, how they can get us there. That gets them much more motivated than micromanaging and telling people what to do day by day. 
And hopefully you can in a way link that also to the people's personal development and what they want to do with their careers and their personal growth. If that vision is somehow aligned to that, then I believe we get much better results together working towards that goal than having this kind of very clear step-by-step -step, uh, individual uh, micromanagement activities. Yeah. So define the ends, agree on those, the things we want to achieve and leave the means to the people who essentially, you know, ostensibly you hired because they're smart and motivated people. They will find the way, the right way for them to achieve those ends. That's what I took out of what Exactly. You Allowing them to make decisions. I think that's super important. Empowering the teams, empowering individuals. So if you go back and think about when you were an individual contributor, from a professional development perspective, does anything come to you? What would you do to better prepare yourself to be an effective leader? Is there something specifically that you would have done differently? Would you have gotten leadership training or management training or? I took a lot of leadership training, to be honest. I was lucky enough to be in a corporation that enabled that. So we had even a leadership path. So I think I took like multiple years I had several trainings and of course those help but to be blunt the thing that helps me most is making mistakes and also seeing others around you make mistakes I mean that, that's when you learn because uh, I've also been part of failed products for example uh, failed initiatives and you can see the pain that you yourself go through and the individuals in the team go through and I think those are really the moments that help you grow and understand how to react next time in a way of course the classroom trainings help and i keep studying i'm studying today still i'm studying management and things like that always trying to keep myself uh, moving forward and learning new things but it's really through these difficulties and uh, through real life examples i think you learn the best yeah so actually doing it trying it uh if you try enough, you will make mistakes. And then I guess it's not just about learning theory, it's about really learning from your mistakes, maybe dissecting those things and figuring out how you can avoid that kind of pain, quite frankly, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been blessed because I had so many opportunities to make mistakes as well. So that's, of course, always helping. Yeah, great. Ollie, it was really enlightening talking to you. I think this idea of product managers and ecosystems is pretty underserved. People don't talk about it. I think it can be a strategic part of, yeah, growing your product, increasing the value you deliver to the market. Yeah, I think there's a lot of specialized skills, but it's, uh, I hope we have inspired some people to think about ecosystem uh, as a way to get them this uh, market multiplier. Thank you so much for the insight on moving to a leadership position. Uh, what you learned there, uh, the value of learning from mistakes. I think that is something we have to remind ourselves of constantly, uh, that uh, mistakes are painful when they happen. But yeah, you probably learn 100 more times from a mistake than you do from a success. That's kind of the ratio that I think about. Uh, so thank, for, thank you for your time and would love to uh, you know, get a, a kind of a rain check for uh, another session at some point. I think your career has spanned a lot of really uh, fascinating domains and would love to follow up on those at some point. Thanks for having me, Craig, and absolutely. And happy to share some of those mistakes too. <laughs>
I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ali today. If you did, would you please leave a review on the podcast service of your choice? We try to read all of them and it helps us get the word out to others. We'll see you next time.